You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. So, of course, I'm tickled with the wide world of news today from Mark Halpern. Of course you are. But here is is my favorite line. What is your favorite line? A lot of it is about his interactions here every Wednesday. Correct. We have to fact check him because he claims that he's here only 42 weeks out of 52. Oh, it's like a Siegfried okay, a and Roy thing. Hang what, on. is he away for 10 weeks? Well, I mean, if he's away and we're away and there are a couple guest hosts, I mean, maybe, maybe. Hmm. You think you think Mark misses 10 weeks a year? I wouldn't have thought so, yeah. but I also trust him. So right, that's we'll not see. my favorite line. That's my favorite, favorite line, line is this. Favorite line? There are two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> I like this Those one. who have hosted a daily three-hour <laughs> program and those who have not. Those in the latter category have no idea whatsoever what life is like in the former category. And Mark is so accurate because, as you know, people are like, oh, it's so easy. You sit there and you open I, the phone. I must say, his, talk. his description kind of made my stomach turn for, for what our job actually is. Uh, unrelenting, is. brutal mm-hmm. hamster on a nuclear-powered yep. wheel, never-ending march into the abyss. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mark Halpern. Mark, thank you so much. I really enjoyed. And you've made my job so easy today because i'm just going to follow the script my pleasure uh grateful to be here you know my estimate of 42 weeks might be a little low but as dc said you do take some weeks off and then occasionally True. i've got a scheduling issue and i think maybe you're in rerun around the holidays at the end of the year so True. It, it, i would say 42 would be the floor all right let's aim for 45 next year shall we all right well th- I, my question is does tc keep records like, do we know? Do you, TC? For sure. Oh, for sure. I just, yeah, I will, so, I will look so. it up. I will find out. Yes, well, the research the department metrics, is on let's it. Let's not play the guessing game. <laughs> That's exactly. also true. Good. Yes. What does the data I'd say? What is the? Da- and and I, I'm also, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what the start date was. Was it 2018, 2019? Do we know that either, TC? We need an archive. Guys, guys, the research department is yeah. on it. Okay, everyone, just relax. <laughs> um, I you was need so. A show, uh, you need a show historian, is what you need. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, no, that's a great suggestion. I was, I was happy that you put in the Scarborough reference and also the Podhoritz reference. I'm in that same category. You may or may not have heard some of the callers in the first hour relative to Fetterman and Oz. They think that I'm being too harsh regarding John Fetterman. You watched. What did you think? Um, well, I write about it a fair amount in the newsletter. I think that by any objective measure, as as Joe Scarborough and John Pedort's two guys whose opinions I respect a lot said, it, it was unlike anything we've ever seen. He's he's clearly not prepared to be a United States senator today. And some people say, well, he's not prepared to be a Senate candidate, but he's prepared to be a senator. No, 
he's not prepared to be a senator. He simply could not do the job at that level of cognitive ability. And it was about more than just understanding what others were saying. Even in his closing statement, there's clearly a problem. I'm not I'm I'm not gloating about it. I feel bad for him. I, I don't I don't the Senate should not only be for people who have full abilities to do things physically and mentally, without a doubt. But the state he's in now, he can't be a senator. And so while I normally think debates besides presidential debates have next to no impact, I believe this will have a, a cosmic impact on the race. And unless unless other things drive Fetterman across the finish line, like the governor's race, which the Democrats can win easily, I think he may have lost the entire election on his debate performance. Wow. Uh, okay, that's interesting because I've been sitting here and saying maybe it doesn't matter because people are so tribal. Republicans in Georgia, they know Herschel Walker is deficient as a candidate, and yet they're still going to vote for him. And maybe it'll be the same in Pennsylvania. Like, well, we don't care. It's about abortion, and we don't want Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump. Well, well there's three things that run separate from the baseline that you said. Yes. Most of the people who vote in Georgia and Pennsylvania will be voting tribal, and they would vote for a, a, an empty hammock over a Dr. Oz if they're a Democrat. But right. here are the three things that are counter to it. First of all, there are swing voters. There are undecided voters. And I think that those folks are not going to be predisposed after last night to, to go with, with Betterman. Two, there's the question of inspiring your base. And I don't know, again, that people are really going to be inspired by his performance. And, you know, he also haltingly came out for fracking. That may hurt him with some people on the base as well. And then finally, uh, there's fundraising. You know, the last minute fundraising does matter. And I can't imagine a lot of Democratic donors pouring money into Pennsylvania. Now, now he raised, they claim he raised a million online, and that's not nothing. But the big checks and the big decisions by the committees, we'll see. We'll see how the polling goes. I, one thing I say in Why World of News, I wouldn't be surprised if they start to see this as a problem for his campaign to, to accept another debate to do some high profile interviews, to try to recreate an impression about his capacity. But we saw last night, I think pretty clearly, he doesn't do well under pressure right now. And if you look at his past, he hasn't really ever done particularly well under pressure. And so those things would be risky as well. I may be wrong. I, you know, I, I for, for years, as long as I've been doing this, I'm really humble about saying, well, the pundits all say candidate X won the debate and therefore the voters are going to follow suit. It just it almost never happens that way. It certainly doesn't happen that way in a linear fashion. So I almost never say a debate matters. And particularly below the presidential level, where very few people would have watched that debate. There's news sure. coverage of it, but the news coverage is mixed. So I, I, I think this is an exception to my normal posture, which is it was so indicative of questions about him that I think it really it really could cost him the race. It's still too soon for me to know whether this is going to be treated in the same way that Dasha Burns from NBC was treated when she told Lester Holt before I rolled film and he was using closed captioning, he was having difficulty making small talk. And there was enormous, as you know, the Twitter mob was all over her. Turns out she was onto something. She saw it before we saw it last night. Uh, I don't know whether those who are trying to bring some objectivity to this, I put myself and you in that category, and Scarborough, uh, are we going to be you know, cast as the, the outsiders and there's going to be some mindset of he was just fine? Or was it just too much for anybody to spin? Too, too much for anyone to actually spin. Now, some of their spin is, uh, you know, they warned us in advance he'd be halting. Some of their spin is, well, Oz's answer on abortion is the news of the debate. 
I, I don't doubt that there's other things going on here. But right. again, if you watch the whole thing at all objectively, there's never been anything like it that any of us know of because he is not capable of communicating or processing or expressing in a way that you need to do if you're a senator. And I, I, I just want to make sure everybody understands. I'm not saying this with glee. If you hear a tone in my voice, it's because there's something going on here that's significant. And it's not a surprise. People recover from strokes in different ways. And by January, he might be great. But I suspect that the Philadelphia Inquirer, Ed Board that endorsed him and other people in the state who might have been inclined towards him will look at that performance and say, maybe we have to vote for Dr. Oz. Uh, I'm not. Um, uh, yeah, Mark, hold on. The Philadelphia Inquirer yeah. is the only place that I turned to today where I was able to, because in coming on today, I wanted to bring parity. And so with my Cracker Jack uh, ace investigative reporter, I said, help me find people saying good things about Fetterman's performance. The only place I could find someone to say Fetterman actually won the debate. You're going to be stunned by this. The staff of the Inquirer rated each of them. They gave Fetterman a 4.3 and Oz a 4.1 each out of 10. So the only barometer I can turn to is is the Inquirer. But was that the Ed Board or the news reporters? No, these these were reporters. These were columnists yeah. and so, reporters. But come on, I mean, are you kidding me? How, how could anybody well, watch that well, last did you, night? Did you see? Did you see that the Ed Board and the columnists all wrote like little thumbnails about yep. the thing? Yep. And I, and I linked to that in Wide World of News, and and yep. some of them said he won. I mean, he didn't win the debate. There's just there's no, no standard by which no. he did. It may not it may not matter because of the right. factors we've cited, including real people may not know about it. But he is not ready right now to be a senator. It's not about he's not missing a limb. He doesn't have an eye patch. He has a cognitive problem right now. And now you know, and, people and, say, how could you possibly know that? It, it's just an auditory processing issue. You're, you're not a physician, et cetera, et cetera. Go watch 60 minutes of the debate and you tell me if I need to be a physician to make that point. Right. I mean, and, I, and, and Mark, I follow up by saying. He hasn't released the results of the cognitive testing or made the physicians available. I mean, he, he has not been transparent on the issue in that respect is his own worst enemy. Correct. Although, you know, just as some people are now saying he probably should have skipped the debate if that was going to be his performance. Some people are saying, well, there must be stuff in those records that are pretty bad. And therefore, he's better off taking the hit for not releasing them than he would be for releasing them. Look. I consider Dr. Oz to be on the precipice of history, and I did before the debate, too. I think he may be the, the, the winning Senate candidate in American history with the, with the worst favorable, unfavorable rating. Now, when, when George Bush beat Ann Richards uh, for governor of Texas in 1994, she had an incredibly good favorable, unfavorable rating. And her camps said, well, we're not going to lose. She's incumbent governor and people like her. But she lost. And I think Dr. Oz, if he wins this race, he's in, his favorable, unfavorable has improved, but not by much. Republicans don't like him much. Independents don't like him much. Democrats hate him. He may win this race with, with numbers that are ridiculous, totally underwater regarding favorable, unfavorable. But that's because he's, he, he's, he's going to be the choice for some voters here who just look at, at, at Fetterman's performance and just don't see – they think it would be ludicrous to make that one of their two senators. And again, maybe he'll recover. And maybe voters will discount that and say, Dr. Oz, who I thought last night came off cross is just as slick and phony and fake as, as he has to make his fave unfave in the state what it is. But 
I just, I just, I just, I just don't think, I just don't think it was a close call. What he, Pat, what Fetter, the way Don Fetterman presented was not a close call. Pat Toomey, the incumbent, tweeted, anyone watching today could tell there was only one person on the stage who can represent Pennsylvania in the U.S. Senate. It's sad to see John Fetterman struggling so much. He should take more time to allow himself to fully recover. Incumbent Senator Bob Casey, a Fetterman supporter, quote, John Fetterman has a clear record of public service and empathy as a leader who understands the Commonwealth. He knows Pennsylvania. He cares about Pennsylvania. He's going to be a great senator. No mention in the latter of the uh, of the yeah. debate. Hey, in the newsletter and, today, and, and I, I should say, sorry, sorry yeah. let me, I should just say one thing real quick. Real quick, just I've, all the Democrats I'm hearing from privately are saying what I'm saying, so this isn't like getting any pushback because it is so obvious, and that's that's, that's what unusual, I wanted to right? ask. If they yeah. if they had an argu- if they had an argument to make, I'd be hearing from tons of Democrats. But I who say no, this and that, and he was fine, whatever. What I'm hearing is, oh my God, why did they let him debate? This is the Smirconish podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124, and on the SXM app.
in the wide world of news today, I didn't hear this, but but you apparently did or it was reported to you, quote, uh, one of the questions that you scripted for me to ask, which is hysterical. What has been the press coverage so far and why? And your answer, some like CBS News Radio ignored the clear lead entirely. In other words, they didn't say anything about his halting performance. I, you know, I've listened to the CBS News hourly for my whole life, and it's a great way to sort of know what's going on because they do a really good job of aggregating the news. I've now listened to four hourlies since early this morning till right before we came on the air that what just played right before our segment. They're, they're leading with the debate, and they're literally not mentioning, even in passing, the issue with Fetterman. They're saying they talked about abortion. It was contentious. It's an important race. They're completely leaving it out. Now, to the credit of most of the media, the Associated Press, the New York Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, they are leading with it. They're not putting it as in sharp relief as you and I are, but we're analysts and they're, you know, trying to write sort of straighter stories. The Pittsburgh paper didn't lead with it, but uh, but more people are leading with it than not. But the fact that CBS radio and, and the Pittsburgh paper aren't leading with it again, it just it doesn't make any sense. He he it was a performance unlike any of us have ever seen. And it speaks directly to can he do the job he's asking people to give him? I want to move on and talk about the midterms generally in terms of where we are. You say uh, an essential David Byler Washington Post piece that you linked to. Who's channeling your thinking? Or I'll just ask you flat out, where do you think we stand 13 days away? I think the Republicans are poised to have a very good night, not historically massive, but substantial victories in the House, probably over 20 net seats, uh, probably take Senate control 51-49 or 52-48. That remains not a sure thing. And doing very well in the competitive governor's races that matter. Not Pennsylvania, but they could win and not but they could but Republicans could win Florida, Wisconsin, Arizona, maybe Michigan, uh, all very significant states, obviously, uh, for a variety of reasons. So I think I think um, Democrats are still looking for their message, right? They're still, should we talk about abortion? Should we talk about Social Security and Medicare? Should we take credit for what we've done on the economy? Should we say Republicans would ruin the economy? They're still looking. And the Republican message remains very clear, focused primarily on crime and, and inflation and the economy. So I, I believe if you look at history and you look at, at the cross currents, Republicans, as I said, they'll they'll take the House majority better than 50 percent, but just barely to, to, to take the Senate majority and doing very well in the governor's races. Do you have any intel as to uh, how Trump is being restrained? I'm shocked that he's not injected himself more into this, especially as we get closer. And it looks like a Republican retaking of the House for which I would think he'd want credit. Yeah, he um, he 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 can be a rational actor and he's got people around him now who um, who uh, have the opportunity to present the case of what the rational path would be, including lawyers now who know that he's in some legal peril, and he understands that. And therefore, no Twitter uh, and and um, and other stuff going on. He's just he's he's keeping a low profile. Now he does these weekend rallies, but again, they're Fridays and Saturdays for the most part, which means they fall into a hole. He did a, a rally in Texas over the weekend, it got zero coverage, except on social media that I saw. And so uh, I think it's a combination of he likes the way things are headed. Uh, He's being told regularly, if you go out, this will hurt the candidates you need to win. And he knows 
that if his candidates win in these competitive races, his hand will be significantly stronger. And that's what he wants. So he's 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 showing the kind of discipline that he has shown in the past on occasion, just not regularly, but he has shown it. And I and I know the dynamic around it now is he trusts the people around him and they are in unison making the same case. Don't be super visible. Only go where we can negotiate with the people in the state to make sure they don't think it's going to hurt. Spend money through the super PAC uh, to support the candidates you want and be ready for a massive victory lap, which they think is coming. You and I both took note a couple of days ago of the way in which the Jonathan Capehart interview was reported and and how it was, you know, the New York Post was all about Joe Biden zoning out on that question, whereas the New York Times, the Washington Post and the Associated Press in varying degrees totally buried it or didn't deal with it at all. I should also point out that Capehart himself is booked TC when on on Friday he's going to be here. Yes, and he time. has and he has written and he has said that it was it was misunderstood by observers. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to ask yeah. Mark Halpern is this: You've intimated to us in the past that there are reporters out there. I don't want to speak for you, but people reporters know more than they've been saying about the president's own cognitive abilities. Is this the sort of mm-hmm. thing that you were referring to? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I read Jonathan's piece carefully and I and I hear the argument he's making. Um, and I talk to people all the time, including this week, who talk to the President Biden and who say their conversations with him are just fine. I think, again, just based on, on, on other conversations I hear that he has and his public, uneven public performance, he's like a lot of people at his stage of decline. He has good moments and he has bad moments. And if Jonathan wants to say that we all saw with our own eyes was not a bad moment, but simply a, 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 a not a misunderstanding, but a, 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 a di- that a different thing occurred than our eyes told us he was in the room. And, and I'll give that some deference. But this isn't the only data point right now. I just want to say because because I because, you know, I don't like to unnecessarily court problems on Twitter. There's a difference between what is and what ought to be. And I'm not saying I favor Dr. Oz and Donald Trump over Fetterman and Trump and Biden. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying nothing happened in the debate that was insignificant, uh, that other things happened in the debate that were significant under different terms. But under these terms, the Fetterman performance and the Biden performance are of important note for the public. And that doesn't mean nothing else is important, but those things are pretty important. I want to piggyback on that and say, and they need to be covered and discussed. And if there are outlets that ignore them, then I become suspicious of those outlets. Because to me, I wonder, what else are you not telling me? I can make up my mind. Give me the facts. Yeah. And give you and give you all the facts. You know, what Donald Trump does and says also needs to be covered. And by the way, it is extensively. Dr. Oz's position on abortion, Dr. Oz not being from Pennsylvania also should be covered, and it is extensively. But you can't watch a Senate candidate give that kind of debate performance and not say that it's the lead of what happened, not just because it's interesting, which unfortunately it is, but because I really do think it will impact the outcome of the race, maybe dispositively. I agree with all that. Mark, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Like the hat tip in the newsletter. Uh, unnecessary, but Mike, but really a lot of fun. Thank you. You didn't mention we're going to a Phillies game, but I'll stand by on that. Only because I don't have the tickets. I saw the reference. Believe me, I read it. Believe yeah. me, I read it. TC TC knows everybody. She's got she, the clout. She knows the 
She knows the owners of the sh- of the of the Wawas that are shutting down. She knows the crossing guards. She knows everybody. And I'll sit in the bleachers. I'm not asking for box seats or right behind home plate. Whatever TC can get. Just let me know which game it is so I can check the uh, Acela schedule. Give him a heads up. I'm on it. I'm on it. She's on the case. Mark, thank you for that. Thank you for everything. Thank you both. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. See you. Mark Halpern in the second hour of the program. I guess as I think about this, I mean, Mark will be here next Tuesday if that's one of the 42 of 52. We hope that it will be. Presumably it is. And then he'll be here on Election Day. But what, what are you really saying on Election Day? Because by then, you know, people are people are voting and it's kind of over. So, uh, no, wait, wait a minute. I'm sorry. What the hell is wrong with me? Next Wednesday, the following week, it following will be one. over. Yes. It will be over. So next Wednesday, hour two is his final. I got caught up in thinking elections are Tuesdays. No. You got all excited. Yeah, I did. Next Wednesday with Mark and then the following week, it will have run its course, which just lets you know this is the home stretch. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. What do you got, TC? 
download and listen to the latest Michael Smirconish oh. Book Club podcast, please. Episode 172 dropped today. What is from it? From 2014 in the Sirius XM New York City studio, James Carville and Mary Madeline. Oh, we uh, never released that before? Dan would like to point out that yesterday was James's birthday. Thank you for that, Dan. Their book uh-huh. is called Love and War, 20 Years, I remember Three it. Presidents, Two Daughters, and One Louisiana Home. I think the day that I interviewed them at the Sirius XM headquarters in New York was the same day that I had Jesse Ventura in studio. And they passed in the hallway. And didn't I also have Chris Matthews in the studio was that it day? Chris Matthews and Jesse Ventura. I don't know. I there was a lot going was. on. I think there I think was, you were mistaken. I think was, it's Chris Matthews and Jesse Ventura. There was a lot. To, okay. Well, on a different day, I'm sure it was the others. No, my point is the day that you had Jesse Ventura yeah. was the day that you had Chris Matthews huh. for the book club, not Mary Madeline and James Carville. That is what I'm saying to you. Dan, is, is Howard go. interviewing Bruce in yes. the mothership? No, in oh. the mothership or remotely? Do you know? I don't know. I would assume remotely. I think he's been doing everything remotely. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. my impression. It's, but, uh, Monday, but how right? Do you, but how do you get a Springsteen interview and not want to be there? Like, I can't wait to hear it. Well, I think it's going to be great. I think you and I both know from listening to Howard for so long is that he just he doesn't want to be near people. Right. I think. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. He, he would he'd, he'd rather conduct the interview and and not necessarily be there. That's right. going to be great stuff. I, I hope yeah. it's at least I hope it's at least four hours long. That's, yeah. Anything else is got like a the length of a Bruce concert. Um, thank you for that, TC. Dan, a different Dan is also in Washington D.C. Hello, uh, caller Dan. What did you want to offer? Hey, Mike. I know you talked about you know Arlen Specter going to sixty-seven counties, but you know when these senators are in office, like their day is meeting with a CEO for 15 minutes, going to vote, then going to a hearing, doing a TV hit, going back and meeting with a constituent, another vote. There's no way Fetterman is in condition to do that right now. No way. Okay. What makes you so smart in terms of what it takes to be an effective senator? So I work in a personal office right now. Oh, you Uh, do? So I see their life on a daily basis. Okay. So you're working in the Senate now. Yeah, and then they go it, do fundraising to 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, come back, do it again tomorrow, leave on yeah. Thursday, and then come back you know, the, Monday the night. Po- the no point way. is, it's a grind. It's a grind of a job. It's a great gig, but it's a grind. I, I don't know how some of the older ones do it, because there's there's some hustling going on. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it very much. I mean, that has been my experience as well. This is Randy in California. Hi, Randy. Hi, Michael. A great reader of your newsletter. Thank you. Um, Thank you. By the, by the way, we we met in Sunnyvale. I showed you a photo of my dog with Bobby Weir's dog backstage. So, <laughs> nice. Okay, I vaguely that. remember. Yeah. yeah. See, uh, my my thought is a little different here. Um, I think maybe to save things, uh, Josh Shapiro should announce that uh, if he's elected governor, that um, he and uh, Mr. Fetterman's uh, health does not go well, and he's elected that uh, Josh Shapiro will um, uh, nominate Connor, Connor Lamb to uh, replace him. I think yeah, uh, that I... gives uh, jo- Josh Shapiro, assuming um, Fetterman can ride his coattails here, and it looks like he can, um, I think that would be, you know, at least give the people some comfort, and per, you know, perhaps your but... listeners some comfort that if it doesn't work out for Fetterman, uh, there'll be an alternative. But don't don't you think that would be perceived as as truly like hurting a guy when he's down and throwing Fetterman under the bus? 
and any other cliche I can think of? No, I think it's a I think the, I think it's a matter of messaging here. Uh, it can be messaged to say, look, he's it's a it's an unfortunate circumstance. He hopes it's going to go well for Fetterman. But right. in the event it doesn't, that he's prepared to step in and, and uh, you know, point somebody that can serve out the term. It's mm-hmm. just very realistic. And uh, I think it offers a good alternative. Hmm. Hmm. Let me mull that over. Let me mull that over. I, I think something. Thank you, Randy. That does. And thank you for coming to the event in Sunnyvale. I have fond memories of of both nights in I I drove through Sunnyvale last weekend, two weeks ago. And I was thinking about that, that really nice night, uh, two nights that we, that we had there. There were a lot of just funny backstories to, uh, to Sunnyvale. I had, (laughs) let's not share. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Are you editing yourself? Perfect. No, no, stop, stop. That's good. Sunny, good. Sunnyvale was the night. Sunny, I, I, uh, no, I'm I'm not going to tell the full story. Sunnyvale <laughs> was the night that I had these academic experts in the in the audience. Yes, from a uh, an unnamed uh, institution institution nearby, mm. and they didn't know, but they were seated next to a guy that I met because he made a delivery for me procurement expert. and wanted and wanted to come to the show. Wow, do you remember me telling you this? I, I do. So because they were in the friends and family row. I looked out from the stage and I'm thinking, like, what, you know, a what list. runs through my head? Like, right. that guy doesn't know who that guy is <laughs> if they did. Oh, I, thank you. I'm, I'm coming to Scottsdale in January and there are tickets available. Yes, there Why are. Why are there still tickets available? Oh, there still are tickets? Yes, sure? yes. It's called, the facility is called Kerr, K-E-R-R. So put it in a search engine with my name and it's come and see me. It's in your social media. And come and see me. In, and you're going to be in conversation. Yeah, whatever that means. Uh, Colonel Joe, I met you at the unconvention. You handed me materials which I read and found of interest. Thank you for that. That is, if I'm talking to the same guy, and I think I probably am, because not too many Colonel Joes are on my call board right now. What did you make of the debate last night? What did I think last night? Yeah. Oz definitely won that debate, despite the fact that the moderators were bending over backwards to help Fetterman. No. And I think the only minds that might have been changed were the undecided. Uh, for example, well, I'm, a Repu- I'm, a, I'm a Republican that was all set to go for Fetterman. Right. However, after his performance last night, I couldn't vote for the man. I'd have to vote for us. Well, let me let me say this, I, Colonel Joe. I I thought, and and Dennis Owens, one of the moderators, you may or may not have heard him in the first hour, was here. I complimented him, and I I meant it. I thought they did a superb job of not playing favorites. You interpreted it as them bending over backwards to help Fetterman to protect him. Well, when they were when Mister Fetterman uh, was answering questions, and it was kind of like a Biden press conference. They would rephrase the question again to try to make it easier for him to come out with a response and give him perhaps more time than the 90 seconds they were allotting to respond to questions. Yeah, it's not. okay. I mean, to to each his own. It's not how I saw it. I thought that they were being I thought they were. I may be wrong. Thank you, Joe. I thought they were being dignified. And I appreciated when Dennis was here in the first hour of the program, him explaining, you know, the layout and the screens. Remember, on one screen was the question so that Fetterman could look up and see the question. No problem with that. I think it's given his situation entirely appropriate as long as everybody knows that he's got closed captioning. And then on the second screen, he could see what Oz was saying. 
so that he could follow and react to what Oz was saying in real time. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.